This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our Patreon, where if you are backing at the Town Watch level or above, that is just $5 a month or more, you get Quarantine Sunday content every Sunday. You get a bonus episode of Says Who, uh, where Maureen and I talk about life under quarantine and many other things this weekend. Most likely, we will play a round of Friends or Dark Friends. <laughs> that is Sundays on our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. I'm so excited for that. Hey, hey, Dex, Dex. Dex, I just walked you. It's time to settle. Oh, no. Ah! Ah, no. Oh, just, oh no. Dex, don't. <laughs> hey, listen. Are you indoors with your dog who you just ran around for an hour and played tug with and did all the things? And and now you're having a little sit down? She's gnawing on you a little bit, but you're fine. Why not read a book? There's never been a better time for books. Books, 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 books. Let me just tell you about books. Also, I just want to shout out an independent bookstore I love. It's called Book Moon. You can go there at bookmoonbooks.com. So book, B-O-O-K, M-O-O-N, B-O-O-K-S. Very pleasing with all those O's. It's in East Hampton, Massachusetts. My friends run it. It's awesome. You can get a shirt there that says, read books, punch Nazis, which you probably want. And you can get lots of cool books. So books, just Shop at your indie stores if you can right now. They are hurting. And um, all business to them is, is, is really critical to their continued existence. Um, I can't really it emphasize it true. enough. true. It is true. Books. And if you're shopping on the internet, go over to merch.saysupodcast.com that is m e r c h .saysupodcast.com and get your says who stuff including your these aren't bright guys and things got out of hand face coverings which are arriving in people's mailboxes as we speak and they are very beautiful merch.saysupodcast.com Bleach! 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 Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I am Dan Sinker. I'm Maureen Johnson. You are Maureen Johnson. Hi from Johnson. New York. Hi. Sure am. We are again. recording a little later mm. today because you just had a flyby of the Blue Angels to support healthcare mm -hmm. workers. Mm -hmm. That seems... Boy, am I excited about it. ...helpful. And it's a like... thing... That's great. Dan, I was about to say I don't want to be dismissive, and then I was like, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> on, the healthcare on workers. On second thought, it's exactly what I want to be. Uh, the healthcare workers here are asking for PPE and everyone to stay at home, and what they got instead was an airplane show, which. I live in prime viewing territory for this airplane show. And I looked out the window and the planes flew by my window. And then I looked down and saw all the people gathered together in groups to watch the Perfect. airplane show. Perfect. I will also point out that airplane shows and especially ones that involve actual military aircraft like the Blue Angels and the Thunderbirds are exorbitantly expensive and in addition i can't imagine anything less welcoming to many new yorkers than low-flying aircraft 
We don't love it. I asked on Twitter, and unfortunately nobody has given me a, a, a decent numerical at this point, but I would wager that the cost of that air show would have bought a lot of N95 masks, even at the exorbitant prices that they are currently being sold at. That seems like that would have been more supportive to healthcare workers than a momentary triangle of airplanes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, someone, not I want. I don't want to. I don't want to name names, Dan. But someone got one of the masks that you made for me and was running around with it, and it's just been rescued and brought back to me. Oh, was it Oscar? And I don't. I don't want to name names. <laughs> someone was like, "I have the precious thing," and then scurried away very proudly. She well, loves there these is, masks, Dan. If, if it has not arrived yet, there is a large collection of them heading your way. Should be showing up in the next they, day. They're two. not. I'm very excited. I check them. Well, I don't. I check the mail a lot. I poke around and go, oh, I wonder if they're here yet. But things are taking a while to get here. Yeah, for some reason. And this is a new occurrence. Uh, again, I am a real logistics nerd, Maureen Johnson, and I don't know why, but for some reason now, mail from Chicago to New York City routes through Kansas City. That did not used to be the case. Oh. I don't know why. And you so are a it takes, nerd. yes, it takes quite a bit longer for mail to get to you than it used to. I don't don't know what changed, but clearly something in the beleaguered postal service changed. All love to all postal employers for me always. Yes. You are the best. Uh, you she, are my favorite She people. tried to get the mask again. They were, it was under my computer, so now I've shoved it on the front of my dress. Well, so, you should be getting a bunch go very soon, then. Maureen, because basically all I do now is make masks. As... As we were getting ready to record, I had to be like, hey, hang on just a second. I had to print postage to slap on uh, 25 preschool kid-sized masks that are heading over to a uh, an indigenous group uh, that has been putting out a call for masks, especially for kids. These are heading over to uh, rural New Mexico to a children's and family center there. So... It's all I do. It's all I do. Literally all I do now, Maureen. I wake up, I make masks. I I I teach preschool to a 4-year-old, then I do my work, then I make masks again at night. You're amazing. It's it is on, honestly it is a the perfect stress coping thing for me. It is busy work that I measure with my hands and that creates physical objects and that helps people like it is it is absolutely perfect for me but i fully acknowledge that it is it is at the the level of sort of obsessive behavior cuz i i am able to you know if somebody says hey i need some i'm able to pull them out of the large collection that we have usually without having to make them though the 25 we had to sit and make I will tell you that it feels the, good. the mask you made me, I, I'm using those masks. I use those. I have, that's, in fact, today, Dan, I wore a yellow dress today, and you made me some yellow masks, so I went out in a coordinated mask outfit, and I thought to myself, yikes, I don't know that I, I, I I'm not ready for mask couture yet, Dan. Not ready. Uh, my friend Anna Lee posted a picture of herself wearing a uh, like a button up shirt, that, like a red button up shirt with knives on it. And she had a matching mask and it was incredible. I am here for a life lived in masks now, Maureen. I have to admit, I feel complete when I put one on. I know that this really does seem like it's suited for you. It really is. And you know what? I um I am late to most television related things, but I have been uh in the evenings I have been using the 
in the the treadmill that we got for Janice to do her running, I have been doing half an hour uh, walks on it because I I have greatly curtailed the amount of walking I'm doing outside. And I have started watching the Watchmen television show. And Mm. I feel like it has not gotten enough credit for the true vision and amazing use of masks that exist in that television show. It was ahead of its time by like two and a half, three months. But I am here for everyone just walking around looking like that. Was I trying to talk you into watching Watchmen a while ago? You were. You were. And you know what? Okay. You were right. It's good, right? It's amazing. It is Real legitimately good. amazing. Yeah, so I um I did not realize just how much of a departure from the comic it it was going to be. And I was very, very mm-hmm. here for it. I mean, and what uh, this has been discussed a lot, but certainly the, it's brought to the fore the Tul- what happened in Tulsa, that the real events it's based on. Yeah. Which yeah. I know was never covered in my history books. Oh, no. I, I mean, thought, I, I, I heard all about it as an adult. It was it's a really I mean, I, I am a I am an episode and a half in. But the way it is able to sort of weave real past with speculative near future with sort of a a a very well set comic origin story um and have it all work in a way that is feels totally new and fresh and amazing and everyone looks great in masks i just i would like us all to just continue to wear masks maureen forever not even for health reasons just because we all look awesome in them Dan, as I'm listening to you talk, it's got me thinking about, I've been thinking about this a lot today, and I actually read an article on it. I wonder if I still have the article up from earlier. And the article is about people feeling like, when we, did you hear that big noise? No. That's the noise she makes when she's getting cuddly. It's this, it's very dramatic sounding. (laughs) It's very dramatic sounding. But it was an article somewhere, I'm, I'm not going to try to find it, about um, people, like when this all started, feeling like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to have a healthy breakfast. I'm going to go do like, I'm going to do yoga, then I'm going to do two hours of work, then I'm going to read. And all of these big plans for the yeah. start of the pandemic. And then the article writer goes about how just feeling kind of foggy and sluggish and like how aspirational and like bad, you know, like how bad she felt. Cause she was like, I didn't do any of these things. I just feel sluggish all the time. And it turns out there's a real thing. The brain fog that comes from this is it's called something like allelial load or something. I'm saying it wrong. It's basically too many stress hormones in the body basically washes out your brain so that everything just kind of goes that sounds Um, right and i'm listening to how much sewing you're doing then i here i too i feel two things simultaneously one is that i feel like i never stop like i never sit down i'm frequently running from room to room yeah but and at the same time I feel like I'm sleeping a lot and not getting enough done. Yeah. So all the exercising I planned on doing, very little of that has come to pass yet. Every time I try to do yoga, either the internet slows down and I can't see it or the dog or I have to run and do something else. Um, I, the Just the amount of time it takes to handle the food inventories, getting food to other places, uh, the cleaning routines, the maintenance of everything, the you know, the just the keeping everything going. Um, I'm so I I have done writing, but not enough writing. I have two books to write down, actually three. Oh. Got a lot oh. of books to write, Shh. Three. and I I'm just 
trying all, and there's you know there's the remote events now there was like a uh there was a con that was over completely on the internet this weekend like there's there's lots of stuff going on i just feel like i'm i i i feel like i'm not doing like i'm not quarantining right and at the same time i know that i am because we're healthy and i've completely kept the ship going um happily the other day i did a quick online fundraiser for an amazing food bank in trenton that's that has zero maintenance it's literally just people in this church who just feed the community and there's no overhead they just take whatever money they get in the dish and whatever they're given and they just turn it into food um but that raised over eight thousand dollars to wow. fill the pantry and the kitchen yeah that is awesome i don't have the final total yet but but it's over. It's like maybe closer to nine or ten thousand. Jesus. So that will keep them running for a while, which is great. It's the only thing I feel like I've been able to do that, like, had a definite, like, okay, I made sure that got done. Yeah, but um, this is the. But thing. aside from that, I feel like. Well, no. Continue. Continue your thoughts. Sorry. Aside from that, I'm talking. Well, I'm tired a lot. Yeah. I keep nodding out. Um, and it, I don't know if it's the, it, it turns out, I thank you for everyone who was very concerned about me not getting my drugs. Um, they, some stock of that medicine has come back in. So I, I've gone back up to my normal dose. Oh, good. It, just recently. So I, sh I should be getting some more energy back, but I, because I do have this flare bait, I realized part of the reason I'm tired a lot is that, these kind of changes strain my system and it makes me very sleepy and dopey. And sometimes I get shakes or tremors or little flares. Generally, I have not been in any pain, but I'm tired fucking all the time. Like I sometimes mid morning, I just go out. I just nod out. It's nuts. I, I never, just never really experienced this before where I'm just like, and I'm out. <laughs> and then I wake up again an hour later. Um, I, I and think I'm not going to be angry at myself for it, Dan. No. I think that I've mentioned that at the start of all of this, I started quarantining my phone before I went into my bedroom at night. And uh, it is, it took, I would say the first week was like, it felt like going through withdrawal. I was like hyped up and keyed up and stressed out when I was in bed. But I forced myself not to, get up and and pick up my phone even when i would wake up in the night and would usually would sort of reflexively reach over for my phone uh it wasn't there it took about a week of what really did feel like withdrawal symptoms and now i go to i get into bed i write a little bit in my journal i read about three pages in a book and then it's just like <laughs> i just fucking fall asleep yep. like i've been shot like and it I think most of it has to do with just pure exhaustion by the end of a day of all of this. But it is wild, A, how fast I fall asleep and how hard I fall asleep at the beginning of the night. I am yeah. a I am a notoriously bad sleeper, so it, it is still the rare night that I make it through completely. But um but it is, I mean we're all tired for for a reason you know this is this yeah. is tiring at at whatever capacity you are doing this it is exhausting you know i think that earlier you said i don't know if i'm you know if i'm quarantining right or anything like that like anyone if you're staying at home if you're feeding yourself even adequately if you are dealing as best you can with any of this you are quarantining great like this I is cook every now and elaborate then elaborate meals dan like see I yeah cook i like mean a goddamn mother of, i've i always have i'm, yeah. I'm a cook like I, if in any case even in normal circumstances i'm like the answer is for me to cook something but now i'm like i need to make sure that we're super healthy and i'm also tr i i I try to give Oscar little treats um, like because like I try to make stuff that 
I don't know. I don't cook or eat. Did you hear that? That was the one. I did hear that. Um, I cooked him a dish he loves and can never get. Now, remember again that Oscar's the one that asked for a rare steak and a chilies and successfully got it. <laughs> um, his favorite food is like a French, like a coca van, like a red wine, you know, chicken cooked in red wine with some mushrooms. It's like his favorite food in the world. And I made it. I got chicken and wine and I'd never made this thing before, but I was like, I'm doing it. I was like cooking the bait, the pancetta down and the onions and the chicken. And I was like, I'd never done this before, but apparently I nailed it. He was like, that's one of the best things wow. I ever ate. I was like, yeah. Wow. So. And yeah. quarantine, no less. Oh, I this would is say just, that we are. Dan. We are not stretching as cooks by any means. Well, I also um, then I'm one of the things that I do is I run like the food count. Like I always am checking. It's like I'm running a restaurant for two people. Like that's this is this is naturally how I want to behave. Like I'm I'm like, okay, this is the exact order of the produce that we're going to eat because we get we get food once a week. So I'm, we're going to eat in the order of freshness. So, yeah. you know, sat, fragile foods at the beginning of the week, more hearty produce, you know, and, and things towards the end of the week. Um, also, our, fr our fridge broke and is going crazy and was freezing all of our food. So every time I was buying like uh. greens or salads, it was instantly destroying them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I live in I, I fear of I'm our just... fridge and freezer breaking right now. And it is, it has been on a vague level of the fritz for like the last few months. And now I'm like, why did I not mm. get this repaired? Um, it just, uh, we are getting some sort of water dripping down from the freezer into the fridge itself. And so we have a couple of collection bowls inside the fridge and it's, holding up just fine but i am definitely at this point where i'm like eventually we are going to discover that a week's worth of frozen goods is all dead beans yeah well bean. we have a lot of beans. some white beans i i do have to say we we got 20 i think it was 20 pounds of rice at the start of all of this, and we are now at the bottom of that rice container. Mm. We have riced. We have done a lot of ricing. We got to get some rice in our next order. Uh, I guess, again, because we live in New York, we we really live in the epicenter of the epicenter in a lot of ways. I think the yeah. true kind of Epicenter might be Elmhurst in Queens, but our neighborhood is a big is a big pocket. Yeah. So the procedures I put in place to keep this apartment clean. Um keeping this place clean, I can it's it's cleaning can be a displacement activity. If you don't want to write, like I'll be like, I'll clean something, but I'm like, no, we this really needs it needs to be clean it's not me just yeah. putting something off like and so there's a chart i've made a chart on the fridge with like dry erase that we check off and you know i make sure that uh floors are cleaned with bleach uh usually tuesdays i did it yesterday down to get it out of the way but you know once a week the floors are cleaned with bleach that every every single night part of the reason dan i'm going to bed at Midnight is that every single night I'm wiping everything down. So yeah. every morning we wake up, there's always been a complete surface and I never miss. It's just, yeah. there are just, there are buckets in certain corners and there's a, you know, a, a station on the door that I made. Like there's a, there's a station on the door down there. I, I put up like a hook system. So all the masks are on these little hooks. Last yep. time I went out, when I went to Target, right before this all started, there's a little command strip of like little pegs master hanging there there's a, a a drawer thing i have stuck to the door that has the lysol and the bleach i make fresh bleach spray every night so dan it's time this shit is time consuming 
Yeah. When I'm yeah, talking we about also, this, I realize we also have a mask mask hooks by the door. We have our small, medium, and large, uh, so that you can just go and grab your mask that you need as you head out, including the little the little one, little dude masks. Yeah, the procedures, it's just the procedures have to be followed and making sure that they're always followed takes time. Yeah. And uh, that every time we we go through that door uh, or something shows up that the proper procedure is followed because we really can't slip up here. (laughs) We just, we can't slip up. And look at this. You are probably what, six, seven Seven weeks, probably, in, indoors. And you are... Are we? I think so. We, I, I believe that we both locked down at about the same time. And we are, we are yeah. approaching day 50 indoors. Day 50 will be this coming Saturday. So, I believe been... we kind of went in around the 13th of March. Yeah, that's when we, that's when we went, that's when we went underground. And uh, yeah, I I have been, if you remember back to the day, the the before times when I talked about how I was stressed out and feeling like I was not keeping track of things and and on a whim picked up a book about a journaling process called a bullet journal when I was at the library. And uh, Mm -hmm. I have kept up with my bullet journal and now my bullet journal has doubled as an every night, uh, very brief just a few little, you know, few little dashes and brief descriptions of the day. And I, 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 I headline them QD and then the number. So I've been keeping an exact numerical count since we have been inside. I've been doing it since day one. And, uh, yeah, we'll hit day 50 on, we'll hit day 50 on Sunday. Our 14 year old will be turning 15 on Thursday. Wow. Gets to have a, quarantine birthday so that's uh that is something i remember when they first canceled school they only canceled it at at first for i think two weeks or something and he even then was like i'm gonna be spending my birthday in quarantine aren't i and we were like yeah we think you are and now here we are very last day of april was his birthday and uh it'll be it'll be spent indoors Yeah, I when I hear you talk and see what, what you're doing, all I I feel a pale shadow of guilt. Like, Maureen, you're not doing it right. You know, what is that voice that keeps saying that I'm not doing it right? I mean, I that have now? that same voice when I see other people, right? I think that we it, we are in a very interesting moment where a everyone's exhausted, b everyone is doing the best that they can. And see, we see, and and see, everyone is sort of doing the same thing. And so you can compare and contrast, you know? But like, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I know people that jumped in with both feet and now six weeks in are like key parts of the supply chain for PPE or, you know, leading the charge and keeping account of all of the testing cases and and all of this. And I look at them and I'm like, I'm not doing anything, you know, or I see people that have, you know, really charged ahead on getting art done or writing done or that sort of thing. And I mean, it's like for me, the masks, it literally is just like, well, I could look at my phone or I could use my hands you know like that's it and then it's like all right i'll just do this and the rest like i'm getting my job done but there's all sorts of shit that i was Mm. supposed to be doing this spring that um that i have not even fucking begun to do and uh and in fact just last night i was feeling vaguely guilty about all of those things because those are the much more future focused things that i would like to be accomplishing so that i'm setting myself up over the next few years of, of things. Haven't done any of those. It's very hard to think about things in any long, at least for me at any level of long-term planning feels impossible. Yeah. I mean, I guess as I'm thinking, I, I really am doing all the things I I was a little behind on writing because I had about 
I would say three weeks of just utter brain fog where I could not write because yeah. my brain was constantly working on the problem of how do we get on the elevator and not die? Yeah, that like, seems reasonable. Do, that it was it was really on that kind of level of do we, you know, can we breathe the air in the hallway? Like just trying to work out how to do this and like where where should we get food from? What do we do when the bags arrive? How should I try to build something indoors if we can't? Was, there was a while where we thought we wouldn't be able to go outdoors. Right. If that was that might come up. So I'm like, do I need to build something indoors for the dog to go to the bathroom? Like, and where do oh, I man. do it? We, you know, when you live in an apartment, you have to constantly think like, what, what, where am I going to put this? And how, what am I going to have to build? Yeah. Um, and I built a bunch of stuff. Like I built a, like a food area and the, like I built all these things. So, or should, you know, like just trying to figure out. Yeah. So, I mean, it was constant. It was never ending. Yeah. And it completely filled my head like a giant balloon. So, no, I wasn't thinking about the book I could write. I, I had to write because every time I couldn't even read anything, Dan. And I heard all that from a lot of people. And I guess the message I'm trying to get out is if you're in that feeling of like, I, if you're like, I got up and I ate half a yogurt. Good job. So I also yeah. hear from people who are like, I, I can't fucking do anything like that are just almost paralyzed from this. Yeah. Seems reasonable. So and that's completely reasonable. And I really want people to feel good about like, I just want you to know that I feel the same way. Like, just what am I doing? What is how does oh, anything yeah. work? I was like, I should be a yoga instructor by now. And all I do is look at the bike. And I don't do anything because the dog keeps knocking over my yoga mat. And then I just walk away because I got to go bleach everything. Like, it, you know, it's fine. Guys, it's fine. I do remember like week one. It's a quarantine, not a competition. Yeah. Week one, I was doing all of these exercises. And I was like, I, I'm going to fucking come out of this thing ripped. <laughs> like, I'm just... Like I am mm -hmm. doing all this shit. And that was, I did that one week, <laughs> you know, I just started doing some walking now just cause I could feel my body begin to degrade to a point that I needed to, needed to change up again. But yeah, this shit is hard. This shit is hard. And to that end, I, Maureen Johnson. I, I, I'm my, I take the dog out midday for an, at least an hour, but I aim for an hour and a half. So that's like the main, I'm always out for like an hour to an hour and a half midday every day. If I was outside in the town that I live in for an hour to an hour and a half every day, I would be a mass murderer by now because I see way too many people with fucking no masks, not giving a shit. And I, I had to, re I had to retreat in indoors because I can't, I can't put up with it. How are your how are your plague neighbors? How are your, how are your mask of the red death neighbors? Uh so the the direct the direct mask of the red death neighbors have retreated indoors to a degree that I have to wonder what happened. Uh but they have now been replaced by the corner neighbors who have decided to just go for broke hell the birthday party uh just are mm. constantly outside uh just this past weekend blocked off the sidewalks for a half a block in two directions because they live in a corner so that their kids could just play on the sidewalks even though they have a yard um yeah i i am surrounded by people that are not they aren't they aren't holding their end of the bargain in this and yet I think they think they are. Anyway, Maureen Johnson. I want to take a break. I want to take a moment away from all of this prepper talk, all of this quarantine talk, all of this bleaching and cleaning talk. And I want to bring us back to the Halcyon days of says who from the before times. All right. I'm ready. Okay, Maureen Johnson. Hit me. Over the course of 
of the three and a half years, believe it or not, that we have run this podcast, we have taken time to learn and meet many of the weirdo sketch lords that surround Trump and his various people. We have spent time meeting people like Felix Sater, who mm -hmm. helped develop the Trump Tower Moscow project and who spent time in jail for getting in an argument with a commodities trader and stabbing him in the face with the stem of a wine glass, sending him to the hospital to get 110 stitches. Mm. We have met Joey Sink, the former mobster known as Joey No Socks who was once shot and left for dead and later on worked as an art fence and later still uh, runs the Six Star Diamond Awards that lavish plaques on Trump properties. Even in these trying times, Maureen, we are able to find new sketchy folks to talk about. But before we get to them, I have two that I want to tell you about. Okay. But before we get to them, Maureen, I first need to share. I feel like we have been we have been so busy scrubbing our groceries and shit that we we have fallen behind on some of these things. We have not discussed the fact that Michael Cohen, Mr. Says Who, the man that this entire podcast is literally named after may be released from prison because uh, there is a coronavirus outbreak in the upstate New York prison that he is being held in. It's all coming together, Dan. It's all coming together. It, even a week ago, it was sort of he was definitely being let out. And now apparently Trump has freaked out about that fact. And now we don't actually know where it stands in terms of him being released or not. Um, but the other thing that we know is being released is that he is going to release a tell all book just in time for the election, which is definitely, certainly, absolutely probably still happening in November. First question, Maureen, how do we become ghostwriters of that book? Mm. Uh, Are there two people more qualified to write Michael Cohen's tell-all for him than us? I mean, Dan, absolutely not. Um, I don't want to say that I always knew that he was a star but i always knew that's why we are called says who he's always been in my heart among my boy he's not a boyfriend he's more a i want to say he's my consort um <laughs> and i am so emotionally connected to him uh, I, it's not love it's it's something more it's not it's it's beyond love and it's it's a kind of symbiosis uh and um between us we we could be the we could we are the bear we we want to carry your banner michael and i know a lot of you're going to have a lot of names on your dance card i know a lot of people are going to want your attention but we're two writers who have always recognized you for what you are. A guy yeah. from Queens and with a bunch some. of a bunch of medallions who said awesome stuff like says who. And we want to help you tell all. Because all of these other assholes with their fucking tell all books, which we have sat through. I fucking read Steve we Bannon's, or not even forced Steve Bannon's ourselves books. to read. I never would have read Stacey Bannon's book, but the one, the fire we read and the fury. Omarosa's book, Maureen. We read. I read a fucking Omarosa's book. I read the fire and the fury, which was about Steve Bannon. It's about all of it, but it has the amazing monologue at the end, the kind of whodunit monologue, villainous monologue at the end that is, I think, of the oeuvre. That monologue at the end of Fire and Fury is my favorite of the things. Um. But Michael, you have a lot to tell. And tell us. 
we understand you and we love you. How, what kind of hot garbage yeah. is this book going to be, Dan? Oh, wait, I forgot to laugh at oh, something. Oh, it's going to be the hottest of garbage. Yeah. Fuck it. Oh, God. His, I'm blanking on his name. John, what's his face? Bolton. Where is your book yeah, now, Yeah, his book Bolton? never came out. Oh, no. Never came oh, out. Oh, I'm not going to testify in the impeachment hearing. Wait for my book. Wait for my book that drops in Read March. chapter 14. Was it no, March that it was supposed to come, come out? out? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it Go was supposed fuck to come yourself. out in March and then May. Oh. Yeah. But as far as I know, it is it is completely Shit-canned? lost yeah. to time. Is there any chance that Michael Cohen's book is not named Says Me? Um, I think there's a chance, but I don't like it. I don't like that it's All a right. chance. I'm looking at John Bolton's book it now. should be. Uh, the Room Where It Happened. Let's see this bullshit. May 12th. Yeah, so could still. Could still. That's going to be a fucking ridiculous virtual book tour that I am not going to take part in. I will say this weird thing about it on, on Amazon where I just did the first thing that came up. I just wanted to look up the date weirdly under about the author. It says Jerry Seinfeld is the author of sign language, number one, New York times bestseller and one of the best selling books what? of the nineties. So yes, they sure. Amazon seems to believe that John Bolton's book <laughs> Has been written by Jerry Seinfeld. Why not? That's enjoyable. Oh, might make a person want to read it a little bit more. That's that's anyway. A, more that's Johnson, a hilarious. I don't want to dwell. Okay. I don't want to dwell in the rogues gallery of the past. I want to bring us into the present. I want us to meet two new members because we have been quarantining, and damn it, we deserve it. I first want to introduce us to Brian Harrison, who was tapped by Alex Azar, the head of the Department of Health and Human Services, to head up the early days of the viral response at HHS. So we're talking like January, February, crucial days. Uh, Harrison is, it was billed as a top aide to Azar. And his bio on the Health and Human Services website says that prior to joining HHS, he ran a small business in Texas. That business, Maureen, was called Dallas Labradoodles. According to Reuters, who broke this story, quote, the company sells Australian Labradoodles, a breed that is a cross between a Labrador retriever and a poodle. The White House derisively refers to him internally as the dog breeder. So he doesn't even get the respect of folks within the White House. It is, though, an interesting callback to Michael Brown who was the head of FEMA during Hurricane Katrina and previously mm -hmm. to joining FEMA had been the head of the International Arabian Horse Association and had been a horse breeder. I'm not quite sure why breeding animals is a way into the federal government, but apparently, apparently it is. His uh, financial disclosure form said that he sold Dallas Labradoodles before joining uh, Health and Human Services for two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But Maureen, I, Brian is sort of just a, a minor, a minor character who probably um, is responsible for a lot of shit that we are currently living in. Uh, but the person that I want to talk to, or talk more about, is. The person that is at the center for one theory for why your medicine, Maureen, hydrox, how do you pronounce it? Hydroxychloroquine, right? Is that right? Hydroxychloroquine, I think. Yeah, I, I always call it plaquenil. That's the. Yeah. Right. I think it's like hydroxychloroquine. But 
one working theory for why your medicine has been in such short supply. And I want to preface this by saying that nobody actually knows why so much right-wing media and the president himself became a huge booster of hydroxychloroquine. Um, chloroquine. It sounds better as chloroquine. I can't ever pronounce words well. Um, but this was like the wonder drug for like a month. Everyone was talking about the president was talking about it constantly until, of course, last week when uh, early tests actually came out that said not only does it have no effect on COVID patients, it may actually result in more deaths of COVID patients, which is awesome. And everyone stopped talking about it. And there are a few different connections between manufacturers of this drug and the Trump administration. But the one I want to talk about, I want to talk about because Maureen, his name is Joe Pizza. All right, Dan, I'm going to go. I, I just. <laughs> no. Dan, I... Joe Pizza. P-I-Z-Z-A. No, no, like I heard the you, triangular yeah. food. So all of the reporting that I'm going to be citing here, it comes from a muckraking site called Sludge. So your mileage may vary. But again, Joe Pizza. Yeah. Joe Pizza no, I... is the CEO of Interchem, which sells ingredients for pharmaceuticals, sure. including hydroxychloroquine sulfate, which is the key ingredient in uh, Paquinil and, and, and all of those types of drugs. Now, quick aside that I just needed to pull up because I didn't include it in my notes, but everything that I have read about Joe Pizza refers to him as being in the band Muffin, which for the life of me, I cannot find any reference to the band Wait, Muffin no. anywhere. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't get to go that quickly past Joe Pizza is a, who creates chemicals is in a band called Muffin. You don't get to just skate by We're going to get back to that. All right. We're, we're, no, trust me. We're skating right into that, Maureen. Okay. I am pulling up uh, Joe Pizza's uh, bio from a website called Sceneworks Studios. Joe has been a professional musician since signing with United Artists at age 14. Later, he formed the band Muffin with his childhood friend Ron Manino, and they played to packed houses. Again, I can find no references to a band called Muffin with a member named Joe Pizza, but this is important. Since then, Joe has written the music and lyrics to over 200 songs. He has also penned numerous plays, one acts, and screenplays. His musical, All for Joe, for which he wrote the book, Music and Lyrics, has been showcased at the Duke Theater on 42nd Street, New York. Joe and Ron, this is childhood friend Ron Manino from the band Muffin, took a break from life on tour and began a pharmaceutical company, Interchem Corporation. Nope. Nope. I know a lot of musicians, Maureen. I know a lot of musicians who take a break from what is a, a, admittedly a very difficult life. I don't know any that then are like, how about a pharmaceutical company? Yeah. No. Mm. Mm -mm. Though he is a successful businessman, Joe has always remained a musician at heart. He is co-chairman of the board of directors of the Drama League of New York. In addition to the Drama League, Joe and his wife, Lauren, are also huge supporters of the Actors Fund and Primary Stages. Joe, along with Sceneworks Studios, has signed on as investor of the Tony Award-winning musical Dear Evan Hansen, as well as Dreamgirls London, Significant Other Broadway, and Found a New Musical. Nope. In addition to being a patron of the arts, Maureen, Joe Pizza hey, is also it. a big Trump donor. No, stop saying Joe Pizza. I can't. I can't, Maureen. We haven't even gotten into Lauren Pizza yet. He is a big Trump donor. According to this report, again, in Sludge, he gave $125,000 to pro-Trump Super PAC America First Action in 2019. America First Action is also the Super PAC that uh, pro-wrestling uh, 
wife, Linda McMahon, helps run. Uh, in 2019, the, this quote, Mr. Pizza has also made large donations to other organizations that back the president. Since 2016, he has given 62500 to Trump Make America Great Committee, 61400 to the Republican National Committee, and $4,000 to Donald, Day, Donald J. Trump for president. Mr. Pizza. Stop saying Mr. Pizza. Has made large <laughs> donations. Do you think that he hangs out with Trump Organization Chief Operating Officer Matthew Calamari? Dan? Who does? Dan. Stop it. No. We one place we know he does hang out though is Mar-a-Lago. And we know this because his wife, Lauren Pizza. Lauren Pizza has written a memoir, wrote a memoir a few years ago called Meant to Be The Lives and Loves of a Jersey Girl. It is subtitled A Memoir More Exciting Than Fiction. Maureen? I'm Dan. W- uh, Dan, I'm Would you like to hear the would you like to hear the description of Lauren Pizza's book, Meant to Be The Lives and Loves of a Jersey Girl? Go ahead. Do it. When Lauren Pizza was 13, she died. Okay. Caught under a small sailboat, she struggled to reach the surface only to find what she thought was actually upside down. And that's all she remembers. Ever since being resuscitated by two strangers, Pizza has felt a presence in her life from the spirit world. Is it crazy? Maybe. Her family sure thinks so. Growing up the youngest and sometimes forgotten. Yes, Maureen. All right, no, continue, continue. Growing up the youngest and sometimes forgotten of five in Little Falls, New Jersey, Pizza continues to live the typical life, quote, down the shore after her accident. She survives high school, barely, goes to college in Dayton, Ohio, which she might have thought was in Florida when she applied, and is ready to settle down. No, 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 no. Just reading copy, Maureen. And is ready to settle down with her perfect Kennedy-esque boyfriend in Jersey until she wakes up. Suddenly free and single, Pizza relies on intuition and perhaps a few signs and finds herself a job in the city, a grungy apartment in the West Village, and waits for Prince Charming. When he finally arrives, she doesn't recognize him. He drives a red Ferrari, sure, but he has hair like Howard Stern and wears more gold chains than Mr. T. Meant to be is the story of a blue-collar Jersey girl swept off her feet by an unconventional millionaire thrust into an entirely new world where she makes plenty of mistakes and sometimes feels like, quote, I'm from the Jersey Shore is stapled to her forehead. With humor, gratitude, and trademark Jersey spunk, Lauren tells it like it is. The highs, the lows, the bad twists, the good advice from unlikely places, and the time she wished she could disappear. Underneath the designer clothes and private jets, she's still the same Jersey girl who took the D train and lived on Snapple. And she wouldn't have it any other way. I pulled this up on Amazon, Dan. So look at this bullshit for myself. (laughs) (laughs) yes okay this is some hot self-published bullshit (laughs) if i have ever seen oh most f uh it's got without a doubt this is some basic bitch stuff um am i gonna be harsh about this yes dan i am i'm reading the prologue and it's oh, uh, no. so why did I want to write this book? Sam, my roommate from college, is just sitting there blinking at me, expecting an answer to her question like it's the easiest thing in the world to articulate. But for once, I don't know what to say. I know what my husband Joe would say it's that time in my life to do something creative. Christ, he makes it sound like menopause. I'm 40 freaking three, but it <laughs> isn't really his fault. It's not like I told him the truth about why I'm doing this. Then I went. For, for my sins, I went to graduate school for writing. I got an MFA in nonfiction. And there were 
so many people writing memoirs. I was one of the only yeah. people in my class not writing a memoir, for which my thesis committee literally thanked me because the bullshit memoir is so the bullshit memoir became such a part of my training that when I saw a bullshit memoir coming at me, I assume a defensive posture um, because every, every person like this thinks they've got a bullshit memoir in them. And um, then suddenly I saw a face and thought, God followed by God has a five o'clock shadow. Nope, I was looking into the face of the man who rescued me. Anyway, Maureen. Dan. In Lauren Pizza's memoir, meant to be the lives and loves of a Jersey girl, she writes, quote, I've spent the last decade and a half staying in five-star resorts and dining with people who can buy the town I grew up in. Donald Trump sang happy birthday to me at Mar-a-Lago. I hate everything. And a billionaire sent me his private jet when I missed my connecting flight in Milan. I hate everything. Joe Pizza and Lauren Pizza, the pizzas, if you will, live in Palm Beach. Uh-huh. Sure they do. Mar-a-Lago regulars. That checks out. And if, if, again, if, Joe Pizza is one of the reasons that Donald Trump took your drugs, at least he was well-named. Joe Pizza, Maureen. Joe Pizza. Stop saying Joe Pizza. Joe Pizza. Joe Pizza. Dan. Says who is made possible. <laughs> By, is any of this really happening? Because I thought I understood things before you started talking about Joe Pizza. And now after that, I feel, I, I feel like <laughs> someone has actually pulled back the backdrop of the simulation. Yeah. Every time that there is that there is someone with a name like Joe Pizza or Matthew Calamari or any number of the other weirdly named people in this, it does feel like there is a glitch in something. Joe Pizza. So I have to apologize to says Whovians because this Joe Pizza story has been circulating for a few weeks now. And the first couple of times that I heard it, I assumed that people were talking about a character from a sketch comedy show. Because who is actually named Joe Pizza? <laughs> Turns out, Joe Pizza from the band Muffin, who took time off from the road, started a pharmaceuticals company. I'd forgotten about Muffin. Says who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who a reminder to you that every Sunday we are giving you quarantine specials. If you are a town watch supporter, that is $5 a month or up this Sunday. I think we might play a round of friends or dark friends. Mm hmm. You can also get Says Who merch at our merch store at merch, M-E-R-C-H dot says who podcast dot com. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo, who I want to just give a plug. He dropped me a line the other day. A friend of his has put together a 40 minute long 70s esque musical review that is just fantastic called Musique. I think it's at <laughs> network77.org. Uh, it is really, really good. And it the, near the end features uh, Ted Leo singing a really wonderful song on a yacht. So uh, <laughs> worth checking out. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at SaysWhoPodcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. And holy cow, is it filled with wonderful, great people that are supporting them each other through this very weird and very difficult time that we are all bumbling our way through. 
You can spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Once again, everyone that does podcasts are finding that less people are listening. And that is because, as you may know, uh, no one's going to work right now or to gyms or doing the things that often is when you listen to podcasts. I know for myself, my own podcast listening is down uh, because of those facts. And uh, that has certainly been true with our listenership. We have seen a decline in listenership. So one way that you can help with that is to write reviews, not just of Says Who, but of any podcast that you love, and especially the podcasts that you may love that you are not finding the time to fit into your schedule right now. It is good and a great way of helping and supporting all podcasts at this moment in time. Whew. You can join mm -hmm. us next Wednesday, May 6th, for our next episode, or once again, this Sunday, for a quarantine special, if you are a town watchbacker on our Patreon. And with that, from my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. And from... New York City, where we're all here together in a place of appreciation and oh place of growth, Dan. We are growing together, and I don't even have the heart to do this, Dan. The Joe Pizza stuff has taken it out of me. I don't have it. I can't even fake it today. <laughs> I fucking tried, and I was like, I nah. I don't got I don't have it. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't I give up. <laughs> Fuck it, then. I just, just say don't. your name then. Well, I'm you know, fuck it. Just <laughs> She's Maureen Johnson. I'm going to end up reading that. Ben says who. I'm going to read that fucking memoir. I'm not going to read that memoir. I'm not. Oh, if you read that memoir, that is a fine town watch topic, though. Mm -mm. Nope. Mm, do it. Nope. <laughs> it's not. Can't make me. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> what if we did make you? You can't make me. We could try.